Warning, the following podcast contains strong language, irreverent humor, and graphic content. Listener discretion is advised. So did you hear the news? Um, I, you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, if I, <laughs> uh, that they think that they think they have identified the Zodiac killer. Oh no. Where did yeah. you hear that? Yeah, so someone shared it in one of my group chats. Let me just Google it real first though. Cause I just brought it up with a thing. And I was like, wanted to hear, uh, so oh it's a cold case gosh. team and let me just i'm clicking on this hang on so the cold case team says it has identified the zodiac killer and it's a it's a team of more than 40 specialists and they named the killer as gary francis post post a post who died in 2018, but they've mm. looking at um, uncovering forensic evidence and photos from his dark room. They said a few images show scars on his forehead that match the scars on a sketch of the Zodiac killer. Interesting. Yeah. So that's what they think. But I mean, nothing has been like obviously confirmed or whatever, but I just thought that that was cool that they think that they have identified who, who it was. That's crazy. That sucks that he's dead. I know, right? So they could, you know, actually like close the case or whatever. Yeah, because that um, who was that one that they just? I think they just figured it out like last year or something. I think was the Golden State Killer. Yeah, I think you're right. He was still alive, and they arrested this old man. <laughs> it's crazy like, that you know that's just crazy to think like you just are chilling and like you think you've got away with these right? like you all this time. Get married and have kids and all this shit and it's like <laughs> you didn't know this whole time your dad's a serial killer oh my gosh so crazy but anyway that's yeah, like the so, btk killer yeah so i just thought that, I, that that would be fun to mention up top especially since this is this episode isn't going to come out this week it's going to be next week so it'll be old news by then or maybe they'll have either uh debunked this or confirmed it by then who knows that's crazy dude yeah isn't that crazy anyway this is uh this is booze and ghouls episode 43 43 i think so 43 i'm alana i'm leanne and normally i would ask you what you're drinking but you don't know what you're drinking so i'm just gonna tell you i just handed a drink and i just drink it that's what i do um i was thinking so i was thinking of calling this spooky pink lemonade Ooh, okay. I like that. That's a good, that's actually a really good name for it because it's, um, so this is, uh, kind of like a remixed version of what we had for my birthday party last Friday, um, where we took a big punch bowl and put in a can of frozen lemonade, some Hawaiian punch club soda, rum and vodka and like frozen fruit but Mm -hmm. today so today what i did was i took the other can of frozen lemonade we didn't use and i just made it into lemonade so i started out with we each have half a lemon squeezed in there 
and then there's a shot of rum a shot of vodka oh shit uh the lemonade and just a dash of hawaiian punch to make it pink Ooh, yeah i could tell it was pretty it's pretty strong Strong. i'm not (laughs) hating it (laughs) um yeah that's why i measured this time because i was like if i if i freehand this it's gonna be it's gonna be lit (laughs) a little too strong (laughs) that's so funny a little too strong for a wednesday anyway right right but I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying it because it's like you can tell there's the liquor in it, but it's not too strong that you don't want to drink it. No, I agree. And it, the flavor is good. I like lemonade. I just don't know why I don't drink lemonade more, I guess. I don't know why, because I like lemonade. You know I'm what is um, the best lemonade, though, is like, you know, homemade lemonade. But I really I really like I used to get that uh, Simply Lemonade. And that's mm-hmm. good shit. They have a mango one and they have like a raspberry one. I think I've had the raspberry one. I like, I mean, the, the best thing in the world is like the lemonade that you get at like the fair. Yeah. You know, where they put the sugar in and the thing that's That's like like the lemonade that I've been getting at, that I was getting at the streets. They put that little lavender in that. That was good. Good. I liked that. Yeah. I really like that too. There was like Wendy's lemonade too. Wendy's. I don't know that I've had their lemonade. It's really good. I like Chick-fil-A's lemonade. Yeah, I've I haven't had it. Well, you know me, I normally go for the ensuite iced tea. Their ensuite iced tea is so good. That's true. They're Chick-fil-A. Um what was I just gonna say? Oh, there was this place in the farmer's market when I lived in Austin that um all they did was homemade lemonade and they mm-hmm. put in these little bottles and there were different flavors. And that was the first time I ever had a lavender lemonade. And it was really good. Like the one I had from that place in Austin was better than the one that I had here, mm-hmm. but it was, they had like, they had some other interesting flavors and they were really good, but yeah, I, I don't know. Lemonade is good. It is. I like it. I don't know why I don't drink more of it. Um, so do you want me to get, do you want me to take the video off or not? It's totally up to you. I don't care either way. The only thing I like about turning the video off is then I don't have to try to split screen the Zoom. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. All right, so we're going to go dark then. We're going dark, folks. Hold on. Let me turn off my camera. Stop video. There we go. We're, we're dark. We're going dark. Um, do you have anything else that you wanted to discuss up front um, get into some stories here? Or? Gosh, I feel like, holy shit, that's, whew. sorry, I just took another drink of my drink. Stir it um, up with the straw if it's, uh, I, I did. Okay. I mean, it's, it's definitely strong, but yeah. like, I ain't mad about <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, Lord help me. Um, no, I just like, I'm chilling. We've had quite the weekend and week and I'm just kind of like trying to collect my thoughts and then we're we're really you know what we're really steaming right along here in spooky season yeah i mean i'm excited uh another piece for my halloween costume came today well it's just like the accessories because i already had the costume itself but the accessories arrived today that's awesome i'm really i'm really excited i'm not going to tell everybody what i'm going to be because i'd rather just post pictures of it on instagram when when it's time and then you know we're coming up on our one year anniversary we uh launched the first episode on halloween uh 2020 that's right dude wow what a journey um, it has been 
Well, let me go ahead and announce then, since you said you still wanted to do it too, that we're going to, we're doing a very special episode uh, for our one year. I thought about like some people like do a live episode or do this or do that. And I'm like, I don't think we could handle that. <laughs> <laughs> but what we are going to do is we're going to do it drunk history style where we memorize our stories, get drunk, and then record. <laughs> oh, yeah. So it'll be uh, probably uh, there's going to be more cursing than usual. <laughs> There'll definitely be more mistakes than usual. Um, more pronunciation issues. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh yeah, it'll be it'll be an adventure. Yeah, it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. If we feel like we need to maybe have your sister mediate or moderator for us or whatever, we might have to be like just keep an eye on us, make sure we're not going off the rails or whatever. That I was so thinking funny. also it might be fun to like do it in the garage. Oh yeah, that'd be fun. So that we're like we could have the table in front of us in case we get to uh bombastic with our hand movements or whatever yeah that'd be fun which i think would work just fine as long as our batteries are charged up cool but anyway well that That sounds like that was some planning stuff that i just sprung on you without saying (laughs) anything while we're recording i like it um what else was i gonna say oh so hopefully everyone has listened to by now our episode swap which i haven't even I haven't one verified that theirs is coming out this week because that's what they originally told me. And then I just didn't check back. Oh but yeah. I also haven't edited our, our side together yet, which I'm going to do. I'll probably uh, look at it a little bit tonight and then finish it tomorrow. And then it'll be out on Friday. But like um, we did an episode swap with the podcast alluring and um, that was fun. So that'll be up there so we're on an episode of theirs and they're on an episode of ours so it was that was fun that was really cool and um you know if you're a podcast out there and you want to do an episode swap or something like that you can always shoot us an email yeah that would be fun I really enjoyed it it was different I'd never done anything like that before yeah and I know like I want to maybe from time to time bring on another guest or or something but I just it's just a lot to get your your schedules together and you know right and coordinate things right it that yeah that's true but yeah i enjoyed it it was fun indifferent i think ollie's sitting here looking like mom when you are talking into your computer you usually like give me a t-r-e-a-t beforehand and you didn't give me anything <laughs> right he's like this is bullshit <laughs> yeah he's sitting right here let me grab him something then and i'll get into my story after i give him something all right all right you want a treat a little spoiled brat he was like i'll just take my bribe and go Right, I'm telling you, that's like the fun. that is so funny. I need to order some more things. Like I like to get things that take him a while to finish, because if you just well, still treat it, it's like done I, in two seconds and then it's over. I feel like we should tell. I should tell everyone that I always feel like um, when we give the dogs a treat, like in um, shit. What's the name of that? Um, 
we're the Millers when the guy is like um, pulls him over and he's like, you both, we both know what will happen if I search this, this vehicle. And he's like, so I'll just take my bribe and be on my way. <laughs> I always feel like that's what the dogs are like when we give them treats. Yeah. Like, I'll just take my bribe and be on my way. And they do, they just take their bribe and they be on their way. It's true. Oh shit. I just clicked on a thing. <laughs> on a thing, not a thing. Well, I just clicked on a program and I was trying to have like, you know, I try to just have what I'm using going when we're recording so that it doesn't uh-huh. take up too much uh, Wi-Fi or whatever bandwidth. And I accidentally clicked on it. Oopsie. Oh, Alana. Classic Alana. I'm the worst. Okay. So let me just get right into my story then. Cause it's a, it's a meaty story. You know, we're, this is spooky season. I wanted to try to keep on a spooky theme. So I was looking for something the fuck out of us. I was looking for something spooky today and this wound up being, it's like half spooky, but also sad, (laughs) but I'm just going to jump into it. All right. You know, know I'm not a big fan of like horror movies or scary movies. Like I make exceptions for certain things. Like I've seen certain Mm -hmm. ones or whatever. And like, I used to watch a a few with you guys, like back in the day, because that's what everyone wanted to do. Like I've seen like some of the classic teenage ones like i know what you did last summer or house, house of wax, wax. yeah <laughs> oh that's a classic i mean how could you not see house of wax when paris hilton gets impaled it's great it's awesome just um, a quality movie yeah but i don't usually like watching those kinds of movies because it's like it stays with me you know so like when i'm trying to fall asleep at night then i start thinking about it and replaying it in my head anyway um there is one exception that I pretty much never make, and I try not to watch any of these kind of movies, and that's demonic possession movies. Yeah, I'm not huge on those either. Like, I think I can't handle it. It's too creepy. Once, but yeah, it's I can't. It's like it's too much for me. Yeah, I agree. I don't like those. So I guess I guess by me saying that, so you probably haven't seen The Exorcism of Emily Rose. I have not. I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. Okay. Well, today I'm going to be talking about the true story that's behind that movie. Yikes. Okay. So it was loosely based on this case. And this is the exorcism of uh, Annalise Michelle. So, which I, this is one of, uh, this was in the first season of BuzzFeed Unsolved. They covered this like before they started getting into like the meat of things and investigating. Uh It was just one of the shorter ones, you know, it's like 15 minutes long right anyway so you would think that this story took place like forever ago but really long ago this actually happened in the 70s really yeah so anna elizabeth or annalise as she was called and i don't know if it's michelle or michael because she's german so she was born in september 1952 um, in Bavaria, West Germany. It was West Germany at the time because there used to be East and West Germany. Um, and they had just like, you know, been through a lot. World War II had just ended and they had all that shit with Hitler and the Holocaust and all that stuff. So it's like, Germany's already not having a great time. <laughs> not, not doing real great. <laughs> doing real well. They're trying to rebuild from all the crap that Hitler put them through. Right. Um, but her parents were devout Catholics and they were really strict with their children. Like she had a couple of sisters and like one brother. So mm-hmm. they went to mass like 
twice a week. So they're, you know, they're good Catholics. They go to mass, they say the rosaries, they do all this. They have crucifixes and stuff in their house. Um, And by all accounts, Annalise was, you know, a devout Catholic herself. She went to Catholic school. She, you know, would pray and she enjoyed going to mass and stuff. But um, when she was 16, she had this episode where she like blacked out at school and she kind of was walking around in like a daze. They, uh, she didn't remember the event later, but her friends and family described it as like a trance-like state. So, you know, kind of just like, Ollie, get out of that. Kind of just like, sorry, uh, you know, dead eyes kind of like not really knowing where you are or what you're doing. Right. And then, um, a year later, she had another episode where she woke up in a trance and even wet the wet the bed and then her body went through a series of convulsions where she would just shake you know and she also had uh, other episodes with this like uh she woke up one time and described there being like a pressure on her chest and she couldn't breathe or get up and so so now we kind of know that that's like sleep paralysis you know right but uh it wasn't really that wasn't really a thing at the time so it was just like all these weird things happening to her so after this Mm -hmm. other episode she went and saw a neurologist and um they diagnosed her with temporal lobe epilepsy which is um a form of epilepsy that causes seizures memory loss and also visual and auditory hallucinations oh so i didn't even know that that was a thing yeah apparently and i mean this is the this is like late 60s early 70s here so they don't know as much as we know now but like there still was you know if you if something was wrong with you you went to a doctor right they didn't try Um, to like burn you at the stake right um so apparently temporal lobe epilepsy can also cause this thing called geschwin syndrome um, which is a disorder that one of the symptoms is hyper-religiosity. So you just become like really obsessed with religion. Really? Which I, yeah. Which I didn't, I've never heard of this syndrome before. I've never either. That sounds made up. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but so she, they were already, you know, they were already devout and they were already, so she like believed in all this stuff. So I'm thinking on like the scientific side some of the stuff that happens later, you can think, well, this, this obviously was stuff she already knew about. So when she started losing it, her delusions went this way. You know what I mean? Right. So that's on like the science practical side of things on the paranormal side of things. We'll get to that too. (laughs) Um, But anyway, she, they prescribed her some anti-convulsion drugs, um, including this one called Dilantin. And so she started taking the medication because, you know, they're, they believe in science, they believe in medicine and they start, she starts taking the medicine, um, but it didn't help her. Uh, she started seeing devil faces oh. um, at various times in the day and like hearing voices and hearing knocking in, in her room and stuff, which apparently like other people in the family heard, heard the knocking and things too, but that same month she was prescribed another drug which i'm not going to attempt to pronounce but it's similar to chlorpromazine and is used in the treatment of 
uh, various psychoses, including schizophrenia. Oh. So she's on some strong shit, basically. <laughs> but anyway, let me share my screen for a second. I want to show you a picture of her. This is this is Annalise, like normally. Okay. So she's just like, you know, cute young girl. She's got short hair. Oh, she looks like a normal human. Yeah, she's not like anything. There doesn't look like any, anything wrong with her. This is her like high school, college era, kind mm-hmm. of. Anyway, so I stopped sharing for the time being, but you'll see, you'll see what she looks like later. Oh, um, I'm nervous. We'll get to that. It's it's not it's not cool. So after you know taking these medications for quite a while, and things are just not getting any better for her. She's still having seizures. She's still hearing voices. She's still seeing demonic faces. Um, she came to the conclusion that she was like being tormented by demons. And mm-hmm. so when some of these voices were telling her things like that, she's damned and that she's going to rot in hell. Like while she's praying there, she's hearing this stuff. Mm-hmm. She's like, Oh, I must be possessed. And um, which is a natural, I feel like that's a natural progression of things and a natural thing for a Catholic person to think like, I'm seeing all these terrible things. I'm hearing these terrible things it must be the devil, you know? Right. So by 1973, she's like 20 at this point. And she's been on these medications and stuff since she was 16. So she's suffering from severe depression. She's hallucinating all these things while she's praying. And she uh, even did a stint in a psychiatric hospital, which didn't improve her health. And actually her depression worsened after that. So because of all these treatments not working and her becoming frustrated with, you know, like traditional medicine and the doctors just being like, take this, take that. And none of it's working. Um, she was just like done, you know, she was like frustrated mm-hmm. by that point, but at, as you would be, you know, right. As you would be like, this is uh, people still experience this today with various forms of treatment for things that they're going through. And they just keep going back to doctors and not, you know, not being able to find relief. Sometimes it's just, you know, that there's things that the doctors haven't seen yet, you know, and it's like trial and error. So anyway, as this is happening, you know, her parents are 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 very involved in her life too. And they notice that she's starting to become intolerant of like sacred places and objects. Like her mother caught her staring at a statue of the Virgin Mary one day. And she said that she just had so much rage on her face and that her eyes had gone completely black. (gasps) I don't like that at all. No, that's not cool. That's not a good thing. Um, And she would do things like if she, if she touched the crucifix, it would burn. She said she couldn't go into the church because it hurt physically to go in there. Mm. Um, So that this is all happening as well. But also what, what came out in 1973? Um, The exorcist. The exorcist. Yeah. Exactly. So some people say that that there was a, a like kind of a renewed interest in demons and exorcism with that. And that's that may have contributed to some of this, you know, which could be true, could not be true. But in a last ditch effort to kind of rid her of this demonic torment that she's going through, the family takes her to San Damiano which is a holy site where like people make pilgrimages to. Oh, okay. Um, and the people that were with her 
concluded that she had to be suffering from demonic possession because she was unable to walk past a crucifix and she refused to drink the water from the holy spring that's so weird um and so we're gonna get introduced to this guy named father alt later but right here i have a quote from him and it says annalise told me and frau hein confirmed this that she was unable to enter the shrine she approached it with the greatest hesitation then said that the soil burned like fire and she simply could not stand it. She then walked around the shrine in a wide arc and tried to approach it from the back. She looked at the people who were kneeling in the area surrounding the little garden, and it seemed to her that while praying, they were gnashing their teeth. She got oh as far gosh. as the edge of the little garden, then she had to turn back. Coming from the front again, she had to avert her glance from the picture of Christ that was there in the chapel. Uh, she made it several times to the garden, but could not get past it. She also noted that she could not, no longer look at medals or pictures of saints. They sparked so immensely that she, they sparkled so immensely that she could not stand it. So that's, that's the end of the book. That's crazy. Right? So like, she's noticing all this stuff and like, keep in mind that her entire upbringing, she's been a good Catholic girl. Right. So the part of her mind that's like still there is like the, this has to be evil. This has to be demons tormenting me. And so her, you know, her, at this point, her, her delusions or whatever you want to call it has, has become extreme in nature. So they start seeking out priests and her family is just like, well, we've tried everything else. So we have to try to, to see, a right. priest. We have to try to get her an exorcism. Um, and most of these priests would, were declining because um, they kept recommending that she just stick with the medical treatment because at this time, an exorcism required a bishop's permission. So in the Catholic Church, you need an official approval for an exorcism. exorcism uh-huh. and the person has to meet these strict criteria. They have to be considered to be suffering from possession and under demonic control. And it's really like hard, the last resort, you know? Right. So but she was showing all these signs basically that like the intense dislike for religious objects and um like supernatural strength like she supposedly threw her sister across the room and this she you know she's a small small girl so at this point Annalise herself believes she's possessed and she's doing things like ripping the clothes off her body she would compulsively perform up to 400 squats a day she would crawl under the table and bark like a dog, which she, that she did for apparently two days. Um, she would eat spiders and other bugs or coal. She would bite the heads off of birds. What and, the fuck? Yeah, she even like urinated and defecated on the floor and then even licked up her own urine from the floor. Oh, that's something. Yeah, that's a thing, apparently, that someone <laughs> that that some people think thought of before. <laughs> um, so they finally find this priest father all uh ernst all and he believed that she was possessed so also at this time annalise in november of 1973 is uh prescribed another drug tegretol which is an anti-seizure drug and mood stabilizer and that's like the you know the most strong shit you can get at the time so she, and even during all of these, the exorcisms that are going to take place, she continued to take her medication. It wasn't like, you she know, they were, they were trying time. everything, basically, but she, whatever was tormenting her would not relent. So she started, 
you know, growling and throwing things and all this stuff. It's like, it, it just began to manifest more and more. And she wrote to Father All, I guess, as part of like trying to convince him to, to come out and help her. Uh, quote, I am nothing. Everything about me is vanity. What should I do? I have to improve. You pray for me. End quote. And then she also told him at some point, quote, I want to suffer for other people, but this is so cruel. End quote. That's so, so weird. Yeah. So all petitioned the local bishop on her behalf. And they eventually approved the request and granted a local priest, uh, Father Arnold Renz, permission to perform an exorcism, but only if they did it in complete secret. Like, they couldn't tell people that it, this is what was going on. Because I guess it wasn't, you know, exorcisms were few and far between. And they didn't want people looking down on them for it. Right. But over the next 10 months, in an effort to help her with this, with these, you know, this torment that she's going through father alton father rents conducted 67 exorcisms sometimes lasting up to four hours on annalise holy cow um and through through these sessions she revealed that she believed she was possessed by six demons so there was lucifer oh the big one yeah the big one which she was which she was like not ready, not readily admitting it. it was like one of them she like said about him later or whatever but Cain oh another another heavy hitter Judas oh fuck um Adolf Hitler <laughs> okay <laughs> that's one of the ones where she says it's uh, the clip that they play in the BuzzFeed Unsolved one is that and she's like oh Hitler <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, maybe like the, the, maybe you could, you could convince me that Hitler was possessed by a, a demon and right. that, that same demon was, or then her. he went straight, he went straight to hell and joined the ranks of the demons. I don't know. Maybe. Anyway, there was also Nero, Emperor Nero. Oh God. Okay. And, um, and Fleischmann, who was a disgraced priest from the 1500s that the, the, the priest said sh she would have no way of knowing who he was. Like they didn't teach about him. Oh yeah. So that's interesting, but I'm going to share my screen with you again to show you uh, kind of what she started looking like after, after these exorcisms. I'm afraid you should be. Oh God. So you can see her eyes are all like blacked out. She has like black eyes. She's become like emaciated. Sometimes there's blood around her mouth. Aww. It's just really terrible. Also, at this point, the demons, like during some of the exorcisms, the demons were even arguing with each other, um, which you'll probably see in my notes here is like the, the demon that was supposedly Hitler saying, quote, people are stupid as pigs. They think it's all over after death. It goes on. Um, and then Judas saying Hitler was nothing but a big mouth who had no real say in hell. He's like, I'm Judas. Who are you? <laughs> That's hilarious. Right. Um, so, okay. So I have here, I'm going to share this too. Um, I'm keeping my screen share on because it has English subtitles in here, but here's some actual audio from one of the exorcisms. I'm just going to play a little bit of it. I 
Is that her voice? Yes, that's her voice. What the fuck? Because you see, she's like growling the whole time. Isn't that crazy? That is absolutely insane. It It's so like, it doesn't sound like, you know, what a, what a like 20, 20, whatever year old girl would sound like. And I know German sounds, German is a harsh language anyway. Um, right. For instance, if you wanted to say, I love you in German, it's, ich liebe dich. <laughs> sounds like eat a dick. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is that crass? That was crass. <laughs> I have that's literally that's that's how you say I love you in German. This isn't it is a little harsh. It is German is a harsh language, but even still, she's like growling this whole time, and then when she's yeah, yelling, it weird. it just doesn't sound like. And um, I listened to one of the podcasts I listened to, uh, had a clip of her normal speaking voice, which sounded a lot more normal than that. Uh, she definitely speaks in like a different deep growly voice yeah that's a yeah that's a scary voice it's scary so throughout these sessions Annalise would frequently talk about quote dying to atone for the wayward youth of the day and the apostate priests of the modern church end quote whatever the fuck that means um so like she I feel like there was she kind of knew that she would die or she was you know like sensed it uh huh. But anyway, at some point in this, she's just being put through such harsh treatment. I mean, by whatever supposedly is tormenting her, but also with the repeated exorcisms that she broke the bones and ripped the tendons in her knees from continually kneeling. Oh my God. As they continued with the exorcism, she had to be held up by her parents for this because she couldn't do it on her own anymore. Um, and here's the thing is she refused medical treatment herself. She wanted these exorcisms. It wasn't like they were forcing her or anything. She right. wanted to keep doing it because she thought there was something inside of her and she wanted them to get it out. Aww. But anyway, at some point through all of these multiple exorcisms, she stopped eating. Um, and then at this point, her parents had stopped consulting doctors on her request. She didn't want to go to the hospital anymore. She didn't want to see any more doctors. And they were just relying strictly on these exorcisms to try to get her better. So she kept refusing medical care time and again. So it's not surprising that on July 1st, 1976, she died. Um, she was 23 years old. They found her dead in the room. And then the autopsy report stated the cause of death as um, malnutrition and dehydration resulting from nearly a year in a semi-starved state while all of these multiple exorcisms were being performed. Oh, yikes. She weighed just 68 pounds or 30 kilograms. And like I said, she had the broken knees from the continuous genuflection. Holy shit. Yeah, it's bad. And um, she was unable to move without assistance. And then they said she may have even contracted pneumonia at the end. Wow. Yeah. So it's just really, really sad at this. Like, I just feel so bad for her through all of this. But I feel like there's there's some point where 
you have someone who's clearly ill, refusing medical care, at that point, just give it to her anyway, you know, force her into right. force her to get on a feeding tube or something. Right. Um, but after her death, her story became like a national sensation in Germany, basically. And probably people were ready for some kind of different news story, you know? Right. Um, yeah, that's true. And then they brought her parents and the priests who conducted the exorcisms up on charges in her death. Oh, really? Yeah. So there was a trial um and everything i think in uh in 78 but that's getting ahead of it so the state prosecutor maintained that her death could have been prevented uh a week even one week before she died if they had just you know forced her basically to eat or forced her to into a hospital get treatment right yeah so in 1976 the state charged her parents and the priests with negligent homicide Mm. and then the parents were defended by eric schmidt leichner um, who was the defense lawyer from the Nuremberg trials. Oh, shit. And then the lawyers were sponsored, uh, the priest lawyers were sponsored by the church, or their lawyers were sponsored by the church, too. So the state recommended that none of the parties should be jailed, but instead the sentence for the priest was a fine um, hmm. and, like, a three-year probation. Originally, they had uh, sentenced them to, like, six years in prison, but then that was uh, overturned or whatever. And then they concluded that the parents should be exempt from punishment as they had, quote, suffered enough, which is actually a criterion in the German penal law, apparently. Interesting. Yeah, isn't that? So it's just unfortunate all around. But I do think, I mean, they were they thought they were respecting her wishes, you know, by not getting her medical care. But at the same right. time, like you would think in today's day and age, you would see that person be like, they're not in their right mind. We have to put them in, in a hospital. Right. So after the trial, the parents then asked authorities for permission to exhume her remains. Uh, the official reason that was presented by the parents to authorities was that she had been buried in a hurry and a cheap coffin and all that. So on February 25th, 1978, they did, they did exhume her and they were, put her in a new coffin but unofficially they were looking to see if like she had decomposed or not because apparently it's like i don't know if this is like just like an old superstition that people who have been possessed don't decay at the rate normal people do yeah i don't know so anyway the official reports say that her body had the standard signs of deterioration composition Hmm. the composition interesting yeah so anyway now her grave is uh, a pilgrimage site so people will go and you know i don't know leave Mm. things at her grave or whatever but yeah so basically that's the story of annalise michelle that's wild really wild really sad i don't i feel like i don't know jury's still out for me on whether i think it was just a case of a mentally ill person who needed stronger help than what they could give her or maybe she really did have some demons in there i don't know i don't know either i mean i man oh yeah i have no idea i have no idea because i know it's like today people think oh well people used to think demonic possessions were such a thing and really now today we know that most of it is mental health but who's to say that they can't exist 
you know, at the same time in a person. Yeah, I, yeah, that's like pretty much exactly what I was going to say. Because how would, you know, how would you know? How would you know? Right, you wouldn't know. And it, I mean, that's, I don't know, man, that's pretty compelling listening to her it voice. depends on whether you mm-hmm. believe in demons or not. Right. Um, but man, there's so much crazy shit in the world. I can't, you know, I can't definitive, definitively rule it out. You know what I mean? No, agreed. I would lean maybe more towards that. Yes, it really is a possession, but I don't know enough. Like, I don't know, dude, just looking at those pictures of her yeah. and then like hearing that voice and then um, like, I don't know, dude. And then her knowing that one guy who was like excommunicated from the church. Yeah. Like, how would she know that? Like, you would have no way of knowing that unless she had found, you know, some kind of book where it talked about it and she read it, which isn't out of the realm of possibility if she was, you know, super devout, right. she liked to study that stuff. That's but true. the priest saying that she would have no way of knowing is kind of, you know, I don't know. It's, it's just crazy, crazy story. Wild. Yeah. Wild, wild, wild. But that's like my first, uh, first case of demonic possession covering for the podcast. That's scary as fuck. Yeah, it's one of the big ones. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that super that's... fun research to do. Uh, I was kind of freaking myself out out last night, and I was like, you know what, we're gonna save the rest of this research for daylight. I mean, I'm most definitely gonna be uh be reading a couple Bible Bible verses before bed, <laughs> and maybe reading my Bible and touching it, making sure that I'm good. Yeah, right. Making sure you don't get burned. That's so wild! Oh my gosh, that's so what scary. you got for me today? Um, you know what? I've got a little, a uh, little scary tale as well. Actually, can't wait to hear. Um, so as you know, I'm a spooky season love, love, lover, if you will, lover of all things spooky. And I am, um, I was like trying to think because okay, so we were talking the other day at school, and some of my kids, the boys that are like the eighth graders, like they really like Halloween movies and stuff. And so I was asking them like, what is their favorite Halloween movie? And um, and all you know, and all that. And I'm like, okay, for me personally, like Michael Myers is like the the perfect Halloween person, you know. Mm-hmm. And so. I started thinking like, man, I wish like there, I don't really wish, I mean, obviously, but I wish that, uh, Michael, like my, the Halloween movie was a, um, like based on a true story. Right. So that I could talk about it on the podcast (laughs) and, um, but, um, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, there's, that's not a thing, but today I'm going to talk about somebody who is loosely, very loosely based on a quality scary spooky halloween time movie and that is have you ever heard of ed gian ed gian ed gian yeah ed gian yes i have so he um i actually have been wanting to research stuff about him i was considering covering it one time so i'm excited that you're you're gonna cover it well he's he's messed up (laughs) oh oh i Um, know um so i think they loosely based leatherface on him right yes Sorry, yes. I didn't mean so, to away your thunder. If- no, you're fine. You're fine. Yes, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Leatherface, that is loosely based on the life of Ed Gein. So, um, pretty wild. This this guy was really sick. <laughs> really, one sick puppy. Um, so anyway, he was born in La Crosse County, Wisconsin in 1906. And uh, he had an older brother, George. And his mom was Augusta. 
and his um his dad was no i'm sorry his brother's name was henry his um his dad's name was george so anyway so like of course with every story where we talk about people being fucked up we go to their childhood and find out that their childhood was fucked up not a big surprise there right hurt people hurt people you know what alana you you've never been more right than you are right now 100 percent. hurt people hurt people (laughs) so um augusta so augusta was the mom and she reportedly like hated her husband apparently the 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 dad was like a raging alcoholic he couldn't hold down a job he i guess he was like a carpenter insurance salesman did all these different things he um he also was a tanner which is funny because i'm like i didn't even know i mean i guess i did know it was a job but like tanning hides yeah that used to be a thing well i guess it still is but probably not as much as it used to be right so apparently but that makes sense yes why he does things that he does yes dude so like that to me is like oh my gosh he used to watch his dad tan these hides and who even fucking knows like what all his dad if his dad was like this alcoholic if he was abusive and stuff like that you know you know who even knows what he did to him right but anyway well i guess for a while the dad owned a, a grocery shop for like some a few years probably but then they ended up selling it And they, for whatever reason, moved to, they left the city and they moved to a 155 acre farm in Plainfield, Wisconsin. And um, so the mom Augusta is like really fucking nuts. And so she is this um, like super duper duper religious person. She's super (laughs) intense about um, any type of like anything like anyone coming from the outside she didn't want any part of um it's like i read that she was like taking good advantage of the farm being so away from everyone yeah so she's like could keep anyone away from people to influence her sons um ed and his brother only left the farm like like, kind of like super religious is is a different kind of creepy you know yes dude in like well okay i'll get to that but yeah it, it, it is it's like dude you know, being super duper duper religious, like that can really fuck up your kid. Oh, uh, you're talking, you're talking to a fucked up individual. And it wasn't even my parents. Like, you know, right. my, you know, my dad left and my mom is like, you know, kind of chill or whatever, but just like the environment that we were raised yes. in. Yeah. I can, can't, it can like, really mess you up. Yeah. And uh, people are crazy. So anyway, so she, uh, so anytime that it was not at school, Ed and his brother were at home. And the mom was a nutcase. So he did. Well, so anyway, so we did a lot of work on the farm, which, you know, of course, to me says he probably helped his dad with the carpentry. He probably helped him with the tanning of the hides and, um, you know, all these other things. So they were super duper. The mom was super duper religious. And so she would preach to them all the time about how horrible the world is. Everyone's evil. Drinking is evil. And then especially women are evil. Okay, here we go. But wait, except for herself. (laughs) Right, right. All women are evil except for me. They're all horrible except for me. I'm cool. Um, she said that they were like naturally promiscuous, naturally slutty. Oh, okay. The devil. Just giving your kids some real toxic ideas about women here. That's great. Yeah, it's just like, and it's just bad, it's bad all the way around. Like she, yeah, she would like say, other than herself, of course, like all women are trash, they're all just trying to fuck you and Blah, blah, blah. I'm sorry. That was crass. They're all trying to have sex with you. And just like... We have the explicit tag. I don't know. Okay. Why. <laughs> and that's why. <laughs> um, so anyway, so she would read, I mean, read the Bible every, um, every afternoon with them, but which is like not a bad thing, but 
uh, it said that like she yeah, it just depends on how you're doing it, you know. Exactly. Like lots of people have used the Bible and put their own spin on whatever it is to say, you know, to do horrible things to people. Exactly. And it said too, um, that she would read like verses from the old testament and then like the book of Revelation and um, and all this stuff. And I don't know about you, but I remember growing up, the book of revelation scared the crap out of me. Oh yeah. It's scary. I so, mean, yeah. Can you imagine you, you have a mom? Especially if you're you a kind of person who's taken this shit, literally, it's like, all this stuff is going to turn to blood and fire is going yeah, to rain. And you're you. like fucking That's just scary. Like trying to be a kid and your mom's telling you, you know, don't you dare fucking even look at a, look at a girl because they're gonna, they're bad. They're out to get you. All girls are trash. Um, and so, you know, that would be really, really scary. Um, so we just may- like briefly pause to talk about how funny it is that a lot of these like fundamentalist Christians will use Halloween time as a time to talk about how scary hell is. Right, right. right you right, want right. to see a haunted house? Come to our place where we're recreating what hell looks like. <laughs> I cringe to think that I was a part of that. Right. It's just like, I mean, the- does that really reach anyone? I mean, I don't, this is just, I can't, I don't oh, know. So bad. It is so scary bad. though. <laughs> it, that, that it is. And then it's like, I have to say this and it, it's like, I'm not picking on anyone, but it's like, you do, they do that. And then it's like, you go through this and it's like, yeah, hell's really scary. Right. Don't you want to be a Christian? And then you're like, you're scared shitless because you just went through hell. So you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to be a Christian. You have no idea what it is. You have no idea. Like, you know, you haven't experienced like your, you know, your religion or like how you believe in God, but you but you better believe they scared the shit out of you. And you're, yeah, right. you want to be a Christian. <laughs> I just can't. So bad. So bad. Lord help me. But anyway. Um, so anyway, so, um, Ed was real shy, I guess like, but it's weird. Cause he, apparently he was like, we, he was different. He was like real different. Um, he would have like weird manner mannerisms. He would like randomly laugh at things and, but he, um, but apparently so, he was like, well, he I don't was actually, never mind. Yeah. I don't, I, never mind. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, sometimes I wonder when they say these people are like, oh, they're weird or they were this or they were that. I'm like, well, do you think maybe they were just on the spectrum and they, oh, hundred percent. I, a hundred percent. I think. I think that a lot of time, a lot of different situations and not just like, you know, obviously these kind of stories, but just people in general back in the day would be like, oh, they're a little different. They probably just were on the spectrum. Yeah. I, Cause it's just like, I don't know. People say that and they use it as a way to like, um, belittle you and make you feel like an outsider and stuff when really yeah. you just are, your brain works a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And, and- absolutely then of course you get ostracized and you get, and people pick on you and all this stuff. What are you supposed to do in that situation? You know, it's, exactly. it's sometimes, I don't know. Sometimes it's like, you understand why people snap. Exactly. Um, yeah, you really do. And it, well, and in this case, it felt bad for him because I felt bad for him, especially because, you know, he would even like, so he was an odd duck at school. And then even when he would try to make friends, his mom would like punish him and not let him have friends. So he had poor social development, you know? So even like right. when he was like, maybe if he was a little different, but the kids were still trying to be his friend, his mom would like shut that shit down right away. And, um, but actually believe it or not, he still, uh, did fairly well in school. And he was, I guess he was like a good reader. Well, that's like something, I guess. <laughs> I yeah. Know. Right. 
So, um, in 1940, his dad died of heart failure. He had alcoholism, you know, and obviously, so I guess like Henry, um, Ed's brother, Henry, like they started doing odd jobs around town to kind of cover like the living expenses and stuff. So I guess like uh, for a while, the brothers were considered to be reliable, good, you know, good people in the neighborhood. Um, Plainsville, is that what I called this place where they lived? Plainsfield, no, Plainsfield. Plainfield was actually like a really good place, I guess, to live. Um, people, you know, it was very small. People knew each other. They all helped each other out. And um, Ed and his brother, Henry, were known as like good people. They did handyman work. This is where it gets a little sketched. So apparently Ed was also babysitting. Um. Okay. Yeah. Weird as fuck. Like um, he would, uh, he apparently he loved to, to babysit and people would say like, oh, he relates better to children than adults. Now, let me just tell you. I am a teacher. Sometimes I feel like it's just so much easier to talk to kids because like, you know, they're kids, but at the same time, you still realize like, you don't want to like talk to them more than you talk to adults. If that right. makes any sense. <laughs> um, so anyway, so as things were happening and, um, had and Henry and Ed started kind of like doing jobs around town, I guess Henry kind of started to become like a little bit more at ease around the neighborhood and actually started dating this lady. Um, I guess she had like kids and everything anyway. So when he kind of started dating her and then decided to move in with her, he kind of started to realize like, oh shit, there's a whole nother world outside of this farm. Right. And so he, um, I guess he kind of then started speaking his mind a little bit to Ed about like, Hey, I'm worried about how tight you are with mom, especially like she's fucking insane. Yeah. It kind of feels almost like a little like Norman Bates thing going on actually yeah like that's actually pretty much accurate <laughs> um and so he uh, i guess ed of course you know ed all he knows is this this farm and his mom his mom's the smartest person in the world she knows everything she's the only woman in the world that's not a horrible person so he kind of gets mad about this and this is a little bit of a contention so cut fast forward in 1944 so henry and ed are out and they're burning some stuff some vegetation on the property well the fire gets out of control and actually draws the attention of the local fire department mm-hmm. so anyway so the fire department comes out they extinguish this fire after that whole time then ed reports his brother missing oh so the fire department comes back out the other people come back out they search for him they find his body um and apparently he had been dead for some time and they thought like at first they were like he had maybe some bruising and they just thought maybe he had had heart failure because he wasn't like burned or anything. Mm-hmm. But then I guess later um, they conducted an they, they did not conduct an autopsy and they said, oh, he died of asphyxiation because of the fire. Oh, OK. So did he really die because of the fire or is this like his first victim here? Well, I we the jury's still out, truthfully, because um the, I guess the authorities were like, oh, yep, no, it was an accident. Like he, he just, he died in the fire, but I mean, do your, do the math, you know, somebody right. starts questioning like, oh, his mom's relationship mom. with him yeah, and, you know, starts telling him, Hey, like, that's not right. Um, you know, and then th- there's that. So anyway, so fast forward. So it's just Gian, Gian, Gian and his mother now, you know, just him and Ed and his mom. And so anyway, so, uh, Augusta, the mom had, uh, like had a, she had a stroke. And so he like pretty much just took care of his mom all the time. Like that's what he did. And, um, so there's this weird thing and it really doesn't even make sense other than just to kind of talk about how weird this lady was and how fucked up in the head the mom was. So I guess there was like, um, 
there was a guy like she went to go buy straw from Mm -hmm. and I guess he was like beating a dog and she like had watched him and this woman came woman came outside telling him to stop beating the dog and anyway he ended up beating the dog to death but and the mom was like super duper upset but then when they talked to her about why she was so, so upset it wasn't because the dog she said she was so upset that he that there was a woman that was living with him that was not married to him and that she was a harlot okay Can and we, but okay but the yeah. dog yeah right but the dog so that just kind of tells you like where her head was at. She was a fucking nutcase. So anyway, she died um, in 1945 at 67. Cause you know, hate will do that to you. Right. Um, so Ed was obviously like tore up about the death. Like he, that's the only person, well, he this knew, is you, the, know? you know, the most important person in his world. Yeah. Yeah. And he like had, that was the only person that he really cared about and stuff. And um, somebody said, uh, somebody wrote a book about it and they said he lost his only friend and one true love. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, so he was on the farm, you know, he held him the farm as long as he could. He had, um, he got money from just odd jobs, like kind of doing what him and his brother used to do. He, so this is really weird. He boarded up the room that his mom lived in. And I guess like boarded up the rooms like that she used. I thought it was just her room, but I think it was actually more than one, just like, so no one could touch anything in there. Okay. And it would be just like it was fucking creepy. So fucking weird. So anyway, so um he lived anyway, he lived in like the the house and all of this stuff. And um, I guess like at the time he did kind of go a little bit more off the deep end and he was like reading stories about Nazis and how fucked up they were. He was and, like, like cannibalism. Oh, oh, uh, this is this is sounds like a good way to live my life. Right. This is something that I should do. Um, but anyway, so he was still doing the handyman thing and he received a farm subsidy. And so he would, um, you know, he was doing odd jobs, still making money, uh, you know, or whatever. And I guess for the most part, like he was a pretty, what I would say would be like normal guy. People thought he was a little weird, but he was like also at the same time, just kind of, you know, chilling. And also, so I guess there's this other story and I don't know the names, but I guess he had been invited by a, by a friend to come to dinner. And so he like went to dinner and while the, um, while they were at dinner, I guess like a cousin had come and she was this woman and he like stared at her so creepily the whole dinner that she like left. Well, yeah, he's got, he doesn't have like much experience with women because his mom told him to stay away from them. So, right. And so he just like stared at her so much. And then I guess like later on that night he left, she left, whatever. And then the people that had invited him over, the kids that like was in his room and all of a sudden there was a man in his room and the man was like trying to like choke him and ask where she lived. And I guess like nothing ever came of that. Like no one ever pressed charges or like followed up on it, which is a whole weird thing in itself. Right. But I guess back in the day, maybe you didn't, especially in a small town like that. Well, yeah, there's that. And sometimes it's just like, you want to forget about it. You want to move on with your life. You don't think it's going to happen again. And so people don't report things. And well, I don't think this was a problem back in the day, but certainly now I would think twice about reporting something because I don't trust the police. Exactly. Absolutely. Um, so anyway, so, uh, sorry, hold on one second. Sorry. I didn't mean to throw you off. No, 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 you're fine. You're fine. I just like lost my place in my note. So anyway. That'll happen to you with the rum and the vodka. Right. That it. Oh my gosh. Seriously. So anyway, um, so then we're going to cut to like how fucked up this is. So 
There is a lady and her name is Bernice Warden. Uh, she worked at the Plainfield hardware store. And so, uh, anyway, so around nine 30 in the morning, this is in 1957. So fast forward a couple of years, uh, what probably shit, probably what? 10. I didn't realize this was such an old story. So yeah. And so, um, anyway, a Plainfield resident reported that the hardware's the truck had been, um, like was in like the back of it. And there were like a few customers, whatever. Um, and some people said like it was the beginning of deer hunting season. So actually the sheriff, um, Frank, that was like his mom. So he went to the store around five o'clock and found the cash register open and blood stains on the floor. Um, so Frank, uh, told the investigators that the evening before his mother's appearance, that Gein, uh, that Gein had been in the store, um, and that he was to have returned the next morning for a gallon of antifreeze. So a sales slip for a gallon of antifreeze was last receipt that warden had used that morning before she had disappeared. And there was only blood and money blood or the cash register was open. There's blood on the floor. So on the evening of the same day, they arrested Gein at the West Plainfield's uh, grocery store. And uh, so anyway, they, then they were going to go search his farm. So they essentially, he was in there the night before he said he was coming back the next day for antifreeze. They find the receipts that morning while well, they didn't find it till the evening when they couldn't find her and they saw the blood and everything. But the last receipt that was there was for the antifreeze. And they're like, oh shit, that's him. You know, that's going to come. So they go arrest him and then they go check out this farm. And are you ready for this? I, I am ready. You're I not. know some of the things, but I didn't know is this is like, okay, we're getting, we're getting to the thick of it here. We're getting to the thick of it. And also it's weird because like, quite frankly, like he did a, he did like a lot of shit, but really like this is, he like kind of is like arrested and then they find all the shit. So it wasn't until this murder that they discovered, right? Like all of so, it. Okay. I'm, right. I'm, I'm buckling up. I'm buckling up. Oh Lord. And I will say like, like just so everybody knows, like this is really fucked up. So if you have a weak stomach or you just, you know, I don't know don't want to hear about this you might want to yeah it involves like uh mutilation and stuff anything you can imagine like so um so anyway they go into his farm and then okay like i don't and i know you said you don't see the movies i'm still not sure how we're gonna work this out for halloween but we'll figure it out so have you ever seen texas chainsaw massacre i have seen one of them which i don't know which one it was and i saw it with you i think and maybe one of our other friends like got a sleepover or something and i think i kept making excuses to leave the room because i didn't want to see <laughs> well this when they go down in the the movie like or when they go down in the um feel or go down in the um in the house uh you know that's like oh they see all this shit and then that's when like in the movie from my recollection that the camera blurs and it shows like what is only has ever seen of his face, you know? Uh-huh. So that's kind of like, obviously like way different than the real story. But anyway, so they finally get to his farm and, um, they discover, uh, Bernice's decapitated body. Lovely. Um, she's in a shed and on the property hung upside down by her legs. Oh like they God. would a deer. Yeah. Like and- if you're, you're trying to, you're getting ready to like skin the animal and prepare it for like, yes, you know, to make stuff out of it. Yes. And so, um, they said like the torso, the torso was dressed out like a deer. So her body was like cut from like her pelvis to her like chin or something. Ugh, gross. Yes. And she was like dressed out like a deer. And then they said that she had been shot with a 22, uh, rifle and that like, but all the mutations and all that shit was after her death. 
Okay. So are you fucking ready? These are let's, some shit. Let's that they go. Found. Let's go. So they found human bones and human fragment fragments of bones. Oh my gosh. Some of this stuff, it's like I was listening to this podcast this morning on my way to work, like listening to it. Cause I listened to it when it first came out, but then I was listening to it again. And it almost like some of the shit like made me laugh. And it's like, it's not funny, but some of the shit is so ridiculous. It's not funny. It's like, yeah. why am I chuckling? Um, it, which like, well, it's like that nervous laughter. I think which podcast was this? Uh, lights out. It's by the same people. Who oh, do okay. Mile higher. Oh, see, I saw, I've heard of, uh, well, I've seen lights out. I saw actually in my search when I was looking for ones to listen to, for um Annalise but I didn't oh. listen, I didn't listen to the lights out episode but I yeah listened- that's the husband of Kendall Ray and her his brother oh okay I did want to shout out the one I listened to and I'm but I was blanking on the name I think it's called like it's like cold case files or case file or something like that and it was this Australian dude or something interesting. and it was that one was interesting because it was definitely more of the scientific side and then mm. one of the paranormal ones I listened to, which uh, was, well, it was like kind of a mix between both paranormal and the, and the science, because really like, cool. you know, whatever, uh, that one was called Let's Get Haunted. I just wanted to throw those out Jeez. there before I forget. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to listen to them. But yeah, you should listen to Lights Out. That's uh, Yeah, yeah, I'll have Josh. to check out. I'll have to check it out because I definitely, I did see it in my searches. Yeah, he does a lot of good ones, but he also does, so Lights Out's like really more dark of like, you know, a shit that's dark, but he also does some UFO ones on there. Ooh, okay. He has another one that he did that I really want to talk about one time, but I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it's crazy. Right, 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 right. Um, but anyway, so, oh, <laughs> a wastebasket made of human skin. Okay, so- the only thing that I think about when I think about Ed Gein, and I'm pro- I'm pretty sure you're gonna get to this, is the nipple belt. Okay, dude. Yes. What What the fuck is that? Like, why? Why like, though? It's, it's some <laughs> like though? Walking Dead shit. Like, you remember? There's like that one guy yes, who like dude. takes an ear off each one that he kills, and then he wears a necklace of ears or whatever. Yes, what the hell? It reminds me of that. Yeah. It's like let's let's not be doing that. Maybe. Well, I just think about him like like doing some taxes or something and he just like messes up a paper and crumbles it up and like throws it behind him and makes a basket into his wastebasket. Right. Like, his wastebasket is made of human skin. Yes. Okay. So this is the thing though. When you told me that he was reading about Nazis and stuff, he must have read about, I know yes. like in the concentration camps, there was like some of the guards would like, they would get bored with just like killing all these people. So they would start taking stuff. And I know there was the one person who like collected tattoos off the skin. Yes, dude. Oh. I told you that's a fear of mine. Yeah. And so they, um, they like made like lampshade out of it yes, or something. Dude, that like, is why, why are people why I'm afraid so to get a tattoo? disturbing. Yes. I know. Why? So gross. Why can't you just be normal? Yeah, why can't you just be normal and you know, like I don't know, put skulls Not on your bed? Kill posts. people and take their skin. Maybe that's a thing that you also could- that. Um. So yeah, he did put skulls on bedposts. Um. He would cover chairs seats with human skin. Ugh. So gross. Female skulls. Um. Some with the tops sawn off. Oh, another thing that he would do is he would saw like the tops of the skulls off and then use them as bowls. Because I mean, like, I don't want to be that person, but like, fuck, I could, I mean, I could cash up you a fiver and you could just go to the dollar right, general you could just go and get some bowls. Buy yourself some bowls. Like, but no, female I feel skulls. Like on the whole, it would be more cost effective to just buy something 
uh-huh. than to go out and kill a whole ass person to use their body parts yeah, for so it. But rough. you know, that's just- um, he also made a corset made of a woman's torso, skin from her shoulders to her waist. Okay. That is something that's a thing, apparently, that we do. Legging, oh my gosh. Leggings made of human skin. Ew. Why? Why? So Although really I have was, said like, this just, before. Okay, so his dad was like, uh, he I, yeah, tanner. and all this shit. So he was very, very used to seeing animals torn apart for this. Yes. So if he had no real like empathy and no like distinction between a human and an animal, that was probably just like normal for him. Well, you he wanted think. to just do the same thing, you know. Well, you like, think like he's been told all these years that women are horrible, they're evil, yeah, they're nothing but trouble. I mean, that makes sense. Ugh, ugh, that's so yeah. gross. So, so he, so he tells, um, okay. So anyway, he they find he find they find the leggings. Oh Lord, help me. Um, masks made from the skin of female heads. Oh my God. So then this is the thing. So there was another lady that I didn't bring up earlier because I I just kind of wanted to like talk about her now, but there was another lady named Mary Hogan. And I think she was, I guess, like a bartender Mm -hmm. um, in Plainfield. And she actually, they called her, I think dirty Mary or something. Cause she was like cursed, like a sailor, you know, she was like a real go-getter, like a real, you know, ball buster and stuff. And she had, um, she had gone missing and they didn't know where she was. didn't know where she was. Well, come to find out he killed her, her face was in a paper bag her face skin and her skull was in another box oh um yeah so gross bernice's entire head i hadn't ever i don't think i've ever i don't know if i've ever listened to like a whole thing on him i knew bits and pieces here and there oh bits and pieces i don't know why i said it like that but (laughs) i just am like so much worse than anything i could have imagined oh gross Oh, so gross. Um, he, Mary, um, Bernice's whole entire head was in a burlap sack. Um, oh, so I guess Bernice's heart was in like a bag in front of his stove. Like, I can't, I think so he was going to cook it. What did he eat? I think he was eating them. I can't prove that, but I think he was eating. I, that's so gross. Um, nine, oh, nine vulvas in a shoebox. Oh, why? Yeah. And why is that like, sound like a fucking, like a podcast name or something? I don't know, but why would um, you, this is, why, this, why though? Why would you do? Why? I have no idea. Dude. I don't um, even what, that makes me think like, did he, did he like fuck the corpses? I'll get to that. Oh. Well, no, I won't get to that. Cause I have no idea if he did that. Um, another thing, then this is really sad, but I really, I, uh, well, okay, I'll get to that. But he, a young girl's dress and then the, the vulvas of two female females judged to have been about 15 years old. Oh, when you see young girls dress, how young are we talking? I don't know. It just says young girls dress. Oh God, that's so sad. And then, um, yes, your famous, um, belt made of human nipples. The nipple belt. Yep, that's the that's the thing that I associate with his name. So gross. Four noses. Not like you can wear that out. <laughs> right. Public. Like you just wear that to the Walmart. Well, maybe, maybe, but definitely not Target. Um, pair of lips on a window shade drawstring. That one made me laugh so hard, and I don't know why. I just imagine. Wait, him wait, like, wait. What? A pair of lips? A pair of lips that are were um on the shade, the drawstring of the, the shade, drawstring. the window shade. Okay. Like, what's the so he's got a that? sense of humor. He has a sense of humor. 
Well, he's got a sense of something. A lampshade made from a skin of a human face and fingernails from female fingers. Ugh. So apparently they, uh, you know, they have photo, they have photographed everything, crime labbed it, and then they disposed of it. What they did with that, so really I have the no police idea. were like, we're just looking for this one person, and they show up, and it's a fucking house of horrors. What the hell? I bet and, they were um, puking in the lawn. Oh, a hundred percent. Well, one of the guys I'll talk about, um, and if well, I'll just mention it now in case I forget. But one, the one deputy, like he, he passed away like really early in life. And I think it was based, a lot of people said it was probably from like the trauma he had experienced. And then of course he didn't like process through. I mean, no doubt. Like that's so gross. That I can't imagine. I can't imagine encountering something like that in real life. Like we talked about, we've talked about some of our traumas, you know, recently with, you know, things that you've experienced, obviously working where you work, Mm -hmm. um, and I told you about the time that I saw someone on a bicycle get hit by a van. Yeah. That was very traumatic for me. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine being like a police officer or a detective and coming into this place and seeing imagine? human remains and all of these kind of different, just like horribly grotesque things. Oh my God, I didn't even think about awful. the smell. That's the first thing I thought of for some reason when I was listening uh, this morning to this. I was like, that smell probably just had to be so awful. Ugh. Um, so bad. But anyway, when they questioned him, so between 1947 and 52, they questioned him. He said, no, sorry. When they questioned him, he said that between uh, 1947 and 1952, he made as many f- as 40 visits to three local graveyards to exhume recently buried bodies. Um, and he said he was like in this days like state, he said he would like go to the, he would like go to the cemetery. He would be like in this days like state. And then he would like leave the grave. And sometimes he would like come home empty handed. He like, didn't even know, but then sometimes he would like dig up graves and try to find women that, um, shocker resembled his mother. He would take home the bodies. Yeah. And make his paraphernalia and he would tan the skin. So not all of them were murder victims. Some of them were corpses from the graveyards. Correct. Oh, okay. So he admitted to doing all of that and, um, you know, and so that was fine, whatever. Um, and they, they, um, exhumed different, bo- different caskets and, you know, the caskets were empty or one of them, the casket had like, looked like it had been tried to been, be pry opened with a pry with a crowbar, but it hadn't. So the body was still there. Then there were like ones missing, but this is the kicker. So not really the kicker. I think we would agree that the, the nipple belt is the kicker, but <laughs> Um, the, the, another weird thing is like, if he would get like rings or jewelry or something, he would put them back. So he wasn't like a traditional grave robber. Um, gosh, Alana, he wasn't a thief. (laughs) So anyway, this is, this is insane though. So apparently this is like, kind of like how this all happened, or maybe one of the main reasons this started is that after his mother's death, he wanted to create a woman's suit so that he could become his mother and literally like live and crawl into her skin. That is the most fucked up, disgusting thing I think I have ever heard. You know, yeah, I would agree with you. That's pretty damn bad. Also to answer your question, um, if you can trust the man with nipple belts and, you know, (laughs) lips on a shade, um, he denied having sex with any of the bodies that he exhumed, explaining that they smelled too bad. I mean- but if that's his only reasoning, I don't know. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, case, well, spooky stuff. So, right. Exactly. So this is the thing. So he, 
I don't know. Anyway, he did. I don't know. He said that he did. He didn't want it, didn't have sex with them. Also, too, I guess he had said like he didn't mean to kill her. Did he say whether he ate them? Um, I don't know that he said that he ate them, but they did, you know, know that he was reading all of that cannibal stuff. So my assumption would be he ate them. Ugh. Um, so apparently, too, he claimed and I can't find this now in my notes, but he claimed that he never meant to kill Bernice, that it was an accident. OK, but so but what are, are we supposed to believe that all these other things that he had in his place were not people that he killed? They were all right. Just That's what he I think that is what he claims. And maybe he did claim up until his death. Huh. Um. He also he did admit shooting. He did admit to shooting the Mary Hogan. She had been missing for like three years, of course. And right. then when they found her head, they're like, oh, here she is. Um, they he denied like he, he admitted to it, but then later said, oh, he didn't remember the details. Um, so he, you know, he goes on and on and he's got all, you know, they they find all this shit. And um, so the, he was also considered a suspect in some other um, unsolved crimes at the time. Okay. There was like a babysitter um a couple other hunters i believe and um it yeah this is sad like the one guy he was so um so traumatized he was the sheriff at the time he was so traumatized he died of heart failure at 43 years old before apparently before the trial even went on um because and like a lot of people thought he was just so traumatized by the horror of the crimes Mm -hmm. Um, and that he had to testify and all that, that it literally caused his death. And they said that he was a victim of Ed, um, just as if he had butchered him. Wow. So anyway, they called him the butcher of Plainfield. Um, and he, um, he was, um, eventually, you know, he pleaded not guilty is by reason of insanity, and uh, they ended up, uh, they ended up saying that um, he he did a trial, and then the um, he actually I think it was like not a jury trial though he just went he had the judge, um, the judge found him not guilty by reason of insanity, um, and he was in a mental institution until he died. And when did he die? Um, he died in. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. I had it and then I couldn't find it. He died at the age of 77 in 1984 before we were even born. So um, he, didn't, he never like went to prison prison. He just stayed in a mental institution. Yeah, he just was in a mental institution. Wow. And, um, you know, so anyway, and they actually ended up uh, the they were going to like, I guess, auction off his stuff. And then the house was destroyed by a fire. Uh, which a lot of people thought maybe people in the town did because I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. That's gross. Uh, I wouldn't want anything that was in that house, you know? Yeah. And they like kind of fucked people up. Like it kind of fucked people up because like people would come in and be like, um, people would come in and in like come into the town and like talk about like, and like make jokes and talk about the butcher of Plainfield and stuff. And it it, like really kind of just like, I don't know, just like kind of like fucked people up in the town even. Yeah. I mean, and then I like if something like that so crazy happens in your town, especially if you knew the guy or you had, you know, God help you let him babysit your children. Yeah, can you imagine? And then even I don't know if this is true or not, but this is just what I read and heard is that like, okay, so he was a cannibal and he um, you know, people said, well, not that he was a cannibal, but said that said that he was reading about it and stuff. 
And then some people said like, you know, I mean, over there, like they ate deer a lot, you know, like they hunted and stuff and he would like give people deer. And then some people were like getting sick because they thought like, what if the deer meat was really human meat? Oh no. Yeah. That's why you only get your venison from people you can trust. Right. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I also, well, I just, this was that just made me think about the time when I lived in Texas and, um, it was like, there was like dove hunting season yes. and I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? I'll try dove. Like, I don't care. Yeah. My friend brought me some dove tacos and now I'm just like, uh, well, you know, I trust them, but maybe I don't, yeah, maybe no. I don't let people who hunt bring me strange meat. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Um, also, I think this is interesting. So, um, Leatherface, uh, like the Texas Chancel Massacre, that was based loosely. Um, Rob Zombie, the House of a Thousand Corpses, I never saw it, but apparently that was, um, that was loosely based on this. Oh, all right. Yep. And then even, I guess like I'm, I read here, um, that apparently, and this is just off of Wikipedia, this part, but apparently he, um, it was also, he was loosely based on, uh, Norman Bates from psycho because, you know, he dresses up like his mom in that. Right, right, right. So, so I was, anyway. I was spot on with the Norman Bates comparison. Oh, a hundred percent. But so also, okay. I meant to, uh, so I didn't think about this until just now, but I remember my other, my big exception to my no horror movie thing is zombies. I like zombie movies. Oh, that's cool. Like, um, have you ever seen Night of the Living Dead? Which is like, I think so, a long time ago. One of the first zombie movies. Actually, pretty funny because it's like in black and white and stuff. Hmm. Anyway, I don't know. That just reminded me when you said Rob Zombie, I guess that reminds me of that. Um, So that is the story of Ed Gein. I really thought that, so do they have an estimated number of victims or well no that's the thing they think like they think they suspect him in that teenager babysitter they suspect him in two other like people who were um hunting at the time i believe and like one other person who went missing but technically the only people that they have proof of like a body to him is mary hogan and bernice i mean well of course all the other bodies that he stole. Well, so sorry. I was just looking it up because I always like in my head had listed him as a serial killer, but you can't be a serial killer unless you have at least three murders. Yeah. And the thing is this, I mean, you know, like obviously you got to decide whether or not you believe him, but he claims that, that uh, Bernice or Mary, no, Mary was an accident. So it's like he, he maybe in his head, he thought, well, I'm not doing anything wrong. Cause these people are already dead. Yeah, no, I just didn't know that. I thought, yeah. Uh, I had thought that he killed all those people that he mutilated. No, a lot of um the bodies and stuff were from graveyard. Huh? Isn't that gross? That's that's gross, but also like my I feel like my uh my world has been turned upside down a little bit. I just yeah. assumed he was like a serial killer in the style of like Jeffrey Dahmer or something. Oh God, no, he's but not. No, I don't think just, he's a. You're like, he's oh a, God, no! Don't don't desecrate his name like that. I mean, would, no, I mean, I feel like you know, I feel take their body parts. It's not like a big deal or anything. Eating his nightly ice cream out of a skull cup, like That's damn, disgusting. Yeah, it's so bad. I don't know. That kind of almost makes it worse for me. Yeah. Because and, um, like at least some of these other people, you know that they're fucked up, and you know you know they're killing people because of a certain reason, and then they're doing stuff to the bodies. This guy was just digging people up and tearing them apart for fun. Yeah, and I feel bad actually. I met I should have ex- said too. So um, 
the Mary Hogan story, I'm not sure if he claimed ever that he said he killed her, but I don't know if that was an accident, but he claimed that, um, Ed said that the killing of Bernice was an accident. Yeah. Um, he said that he was examining a gun in the hardware store. The gun went off and killed her. And then of course he like, well, I mean, your natural reaction, if you kill someone with a gun would be to, you know, then go hang them up in your garage and gut them like a deer. Right, right, right. I don't think I believe that because, um, why would a gun, if you're in a hardware store and you're looking at a gun, it shouldn't be loaded. Agreed. Agreed. But back then, I don't know if that was a rule. Yeah, I mean, not. I guess maybe not, but still, that's weird. I think probably he was escalating then, and he probably may have killed more people if he hadn't been caught. Yeah. Oh, and I agree. And I mean, like, let's be honest. I mean, although sure they weren't hurting people, I mean, desecrating graves and, and taking them and making skull, skull bowls is not like... I mean, it's not well, like it's the illegal. best thing you can do with your time. Right, exactly. but it's and also it's still... illegal. You're not allowed to dig up right. willy-nilly. That's Correct. not the <laughs> Correct, Amundo. So anyway, that is the story. That is um, a most disturbing and gross story. So gross. Wow. I just, wow. I, yeah. just, I guess I just didn't know that he was... Yeah really yeah, like I mean, he definitely had his his fair share and like i said they think like he was considered a suspect in a couple things but for the most part no like he no, he was only, a lot of his things were just people he had dug up from graves yeah he really only had those two murders yep just one shy one shy of a serial killer yeah well and shit if he killed that babysitter and those hunters then he would be a serial then killer. he would be yeah but if you i guess if you can't although i feel like it's weird to me it would be weird to me if that we i mean not that we'd find out now but it would be weird to me if it was true that he killed those guys because i mean obviously women that look like his mom right his primary well. yeah his primary or his primary yeah his p- person that he victims would were want to kill yeah. not like a men hunting Unless they reminded him of his dad, maybe he got pissed off. Who knows? Who knows? So if you've ever seen someone eating out of a bowl made of a skull. <laughs> right. Um, if you have any, uh, if you ever have been possessed by a demon or have any. Right. Actually, don't just, call us. No. Well, no, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind a possession story, especially if You're you got better to from put it. that in the put that in the um email like the line, the title line so that I don't I don't well, like <laughs> obviously don't don't send us an email if you're still possessed by that yeah, no 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 i don't want that negativity <laughs> i mean if you have any kind of spooky stories ghost stories uh weird encounters alien ufo sightings or anything like that you can send us an email and where should they send that email leanne well they'll definitely want to send that email to booze and ghouls pod at gmail.com that's booze a and d ghouls pod at gmail.com you can also find us on Twitter at Booze and Ghouls or on TikTok or Instagram. We are at Booze and Ghouls Pod. You can also give us a five-star rating review on iTunes, which we would love. Please do. To hear from you and hear your review. And you can subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts. I'm assuming if you listen, if you're listening now, you are already subscribed. But just in case you didn't know, we are on Apple, we're on Spotify, we're on Stitcher, we're on, you know, all all the places where you can get your podcasts. All the good ones. All the good ones. Well, I mean, until next time. Stay boozy, friends.